0: Well, it's Independence Day. And what happens when you think of Independence Day? I think of the movie Aliens, in which they're attacking Washington, DC. <laughs> you, you didn't get that? All right. But anyhow, it's a movie called Independence Day. And uh, that guy at the end, he says, I'm back. And he flies up into this space, spaceship and blows it up. Anybody ever watch that? OK, all right, so uh, forget that. Um, during, uh, during the, anybody know what Independence Day uh, is about? Well, if you don't, I'm going to fill you in just a little bit. During the American Revolution, a legal separation of the 13 colonies from Great Britain occurred on July 2nd, 1776, when the Second Continental Congress voted to approve a resolution of independence that, in, that had been proposed in June by Richard Henry Lee of Virginia after voting for the independence congress turned its attention to the declaration of independence a statement explaining their decision which had been prepared by this committee of 5 anybody know who the original signers of the constitution were declaration of independence thomas jefferson and uh, I don't have the other ones. But anyhow, Thomas Jefferson was the principal author. Um, finally approved on, when was it finally approved? Anybody got any ideas? Uh, the hint is it's tomorrow. What, what day would that be? July 4th. All right. July 4th, 1776. Um, what else? Oh, we have uh John Adams wrote his wife. <laughs> you guys messing up the pews there. John Adams wrote his wife on on uh, he said the 2nd day of April, the 2nd day of July 1776. He was planning on this being uh, July 2nd is the celebration. He says, "Will be the most memorable epic in American history." I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward and forevermore. So John Adams had the idea of what uh, this Independence Day would, would mean. Um, what else? Historians, and this is always funny, you know, I think historians say that um, the, the Declaration of Independence was actually on July 2nd, but it was uh, voted on on July 4th, and that has become the, the day. But Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and Benjamin Franklin all were signers of the Declaration of Independence And they all stated that they signed it on on, on, uh, July 4th. But most historians declare that the signing of this adoption didn't happen until August 2nd, 1776. So it's just like historians to disagree with uh, the people who signed the paper. And uh, what do we do? Independence Day is a national holiday. Uh, What else? It's uh, celebrated by picnics and barbecues. Anybody having one tomorrow? what time? <laughs> We're going to publish the time, <laughs> see who shows up. I mean, we can show up. I'm, I'm, I'm not booked tomorrow. I'm open for two or three picnics tomorrow, at least. So anyhow, families celebrate independence by hosting uh, and attending picnics. And, oh, songs that go along with Independence Day, Star Spangled Banner, God Bless America, America the Beautiful, my country, tis of thee, this, is, this land is your land. Stars and stripes forever. You know, as you listen to the uh, fireworks tomorrow night and you have all those symphonies going off in New York and wherever. And regionally, Yankee Doodle Dandley in the northern states and Dixie in the southern states. In 2009, New York City had the largest fireworks display in the country. Anybody want to guess at how many tons? How much? Not 26. Close. 22 tons of fireworks. So if you watched the the New York City fireworks in 2009, you saw 22 tons of projectiles taking off. Well, we celebrate the 4th of July as our Declaration of Independence from Great Britain. But... Easter is the celebration of Christ's resurrection, of our celebration of independence where God redeemed mankind from his fall. Mankind is no longer under the tyranny of sin, but has found and established forgiveness. Independence from sin is that we celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ and his work upon the cross. We did that with communion. That we celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ, this due in remembrance of me, that his broken body and shed blood were the, the price that was paid for our salvation and our forgiveness. So each Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the first day of the week. It was on the first day of the week that Jesus rose from the dead and that the original church began to hold and to celebrate their weekly services. His name? His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, Lamb of God, Messiah, Savior, Redeemer, King of kings, and Lord of lords. It is to him that we confess our sin. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says, The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Jesus Christ is his name. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. You know, as we look at the scriptures and as we examine the the life of Jesus Christ, it is it is that it is the fulfillment of all that was written in the Old Testament. See, Jesus didn't we know that Jesus didn't just show up um, two thousand years ago and proclaimed that he was born of a virgin. It was written about the Messiah coming by the prophets of old that he would in, I, in, a, in the book of Isaiah, that he would be born of a virgin, and that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. It was foretold that he would be born in Bethlehem. It was foretold the life and the, his death, what type of death he should die. All of these things were written about him in centuries before His coming. And He came and fulfilled those scriptures. So whenever we confess that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, we see Him as coming to fulfill the the law of the Old Testament, the Lamb, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. It is that type of relational experience that God wants to have with us that, that comes from this forgiveness. In Hebrews chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The communion service that we just had spoke those very same things. Jesus said, that do this in remembrance of me. I will not drink of this cup until I do it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And Hebrews 12 says, Look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Well, the 4th of July, 1776, is our Declaration of Independence. A declaration that we would no longer be subject to Britain. We would no longer be subject to their taxes and to their control and to their laws and to their government that declaration <coughs> excuse me that declaration was followed by a war that the 13 colonies finally won at great at great cost our independence from sin was a great battle god became man the incarnation of jesus christ the life of jesus from birth to death on the cross was a proclamation of the intent of God, to break the power of sin over mankind, to break the power of death upon the cross. Jesus descended into hell. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He rose from the dead and sealed the deal that all who would believe in him and confess him would would find him to be their savior, that his... Blood shed upon the cross would remove and cleanse every sin from their life. You see, our forgiveness is something that speaks about our past and our failures. His forgiveness speaks about his grace and his mercy towards our future. His love and his compassion for us speak of his enduring presence with us. God has a plan. God has a purpose. You see, when Jesus died upon the cross, his blood shed that it would be the Lamb of God. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, states the Old Testament. And we find that when Jesus came as the Lamb of God, his blood was shed. And as we we confess our sins to him, we find that that blood has its cleansing power that still reaches forward into time some 2,000 years ago that still reaches forward into time and removes that stain of sin and guilt on our own lives. The writer to the Hebrews says, Jesus, to be the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is not only the object of our faith, he is the object of our faith. He is the author of our faith. He not only is the object, he is the author. The Bible says to every one of us is given a measure of faith. So I want who gives it to us? who gives to us faith. We're all given an element of faith to believe, to, and, and, is, and is a gift from God. A gift from God to believe, and to believe and to understand, and our belief and our understanding go together. We don't check our brain at the door whenever we have faith in God. We have an understanding of the scriptures, and we have an understanding of what the teachings of Jesus Christ are about. We have an understanding of what they mean to us and how they change our lives from the inside out. I was just mentioned to Ruth at the beginning of church. I remember, I remember uh, years ago when she was cooking at the home plate. (laughs) That's where um, Subway is now. They tore the building down. But I remember seeing Ruth in the back and going to visit her there, and and uh, she was cooking and so on, and invited her to come to church and. And of all the transitions that have happened from those fifty years ago <laughs> she was just a young girl back then. <laughs> no. It wasn't fifty years ago. Um, but it was a number of years ago. That you know, she was there cooking and you know all that and how that she's come to church and been involved in church and all these years later, the impact of of her life not only on, on people around her, but on her family and everyone else and how she has been here, faithful, all these years and how that it has made a difference in her life and the life of her family and, and those around her. It's important that we see the, the, what our relationship with Jesus Christ does. It changes us. I, remember, I also remember people who, who sat in church and and, 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 all, and I remember talking to them and they said, well, you know... Uh, i don 't want to you know this religion stuff brought their family and kids and, and so on, and he said, "Well, you know um, i, I don 't really want to continue with this i, I don 't think church is for me, and that individual and his life is a ruin to this this day, and it 's just a total mess, and I think of the difference that Jesus Christ makes the difference that our relationship with Jesus Christ makes. It's not a guilt trip. It's not, it's not something that is pushed upon us and, you know, it's, it's either this or hell. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's this which is life. The life of God given to us. It's an expectation and it's an understanding that God has a call and a purpose upon our life. That God has a purpose for us that was from the beginning of time God knew that we would be here. You know, and some have said that we, you know, their predestination is that you have no choice. It's not true, not, not from our perspective. We believe that God has an understanding. He he knows. All knowledge is God's. He knows the past, he knows the present, he knows the future. To God it is all knowledge. And he looks at us and he knows the purpose for which we were created. And he knows the purpose for which our life why we are alive and we cannot find that purpose without him and as we find the purpose that god has for us we find fulfillment we find fulfillment for our own life we find fulfillment of the life for the life of the people around us they find it for their lives because god has a reason for us being here he has a reason for us being alive whether it's a doctor or a lawyer or a preacher or a missionary God has a reason for all of us. And his purpose is in discovering that, you know, his love for us and is, is setting us free from the bondages, from the mistakes and the failures of our past, that we look at our future not from the mistakes of the past. And not in in, in a pie in the sky dreams of, of something that, well, you know, everything will be alright when I hit the lottery. You know, it's like one guy said, Do you have a retirement? He says, yes, I do. I play the lottery every day. That's a joke. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> That's his retirement, you know? Well, guess what? Uh, his chances of, he might as well plan on get struck by lightning three times before that happens. But there, that has happened, too. But anyhow, <laughs> the idea is that God has a purpose for our life. And that our forgiveness, and the forgiveness is letting go that we learn from our past, but our past does not bind us. Our sins, you know, our sins are our mistakes and our failures. What if we could allow them to be, to be taken away from us, and that we could forgive ourselves? But not only do we forgive ourselves, we forgive those who have harmed us. We forgive those who have willfully and intentionally done things against us. They're gone too. So it's not only our failures, it's it's those who have intentionally harmed us, and we let go of those things. Why? Because God has forgiven us. Forgive us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us as we forgive. You see, The reason for that is that we let it go. (laughs) Forgive them and let it go. We can't blame our past for our future. We can't blame our past for our future. We must look at our our life and allow the the love of God and the presence of God and the peace of God to work in our hearts and lives, not out of manipulation, guilt is a manipulator. Jesus Christ loves us. He leads His sheep. He leads us into our future. And the Word of God comes to teach us about the truths of life and to teach us about the truths that are eternal, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It is the eternal truths of God's word that anchor our soul and anchor our life in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of, of problems. We celebrate the 4th of July. Our forefathers made a decision that has changed our lives, they put their life on the line. Had the Declaration of Independence failed, they'd all been hung as traitors. (laughs) They'd all been hung as traitors. They signed their name. They signed their death warrant. Because had 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 the 13 colonies failed, those guys would have been executed. They put their life on the line. Did they know it? Yes, they knew it. But they were willing to take that gamble. They were willing to make that decision because of what they knew was in front of them. You see, we know what's in front of us. We have an eternity in front of us. And we make a decision based upon our knowledge and understanding of forgiveness and of love, of right relationship with God and right relationship with people, that, that, that having right relationships builds character and builds us as, as so that we can make right choices? See, Jesus is not only the object of our faith, he is the author of our faith. Jesus is the beginning, the perfecter, and the worker of faith. He instills faith in us. And how does faith get here? Hebrews 11 1 says, Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So whenever we read the scriptures and we hear the scriptures and we hear them taught and and we read them and pray about them, it instills faith in us. It instills faith in us so that things can change. Things can be good for us. Even in the midst of difficulties, things can be good. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. The joy that was set before him is his knowledge that you and I would believe. That's why he endured the cross. He He is the author and the finisher of our faith is that he is the one who fulfilled all of the scriptural promises. He is the one who fulfilled completely the prophecies about a Messiah. He fulfilled them completely, so he is the finisher of faith. The word made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld him. And John, you know, John, when he writes this, it's like, if we just get that picture, you know, I remember one individual preached a sermon on it, and I never, never grasped it the way that he preached it. And he said, and we beheld him. And, and, and this, this, I know I've said this before, but the idea is be, became, the word be is the same as I am. Okay, the word "be" in the word "became," I am of the Old Testament. "Be became," that we be, and in, in essence, what it is saying, John is saying is, God became flesh, and I held him. <laughs> John is saying, God became flesh, and I held him, and everything changed from there. And whenever we read the scriptures, whenever we hear the scriptures and sing the songs and things like this, we are beholding God, beheld, touching, allowing God to touch us. We declare our independence from sin. We declare our separation from sin. We believe in Jesus, we believe in his work upon the cross. Declare your intention to prepare your life to serve God. Our intention is that we will serve God from this moment forward. That we will serve God the rest of our lives. To lay aside every weight that so easily would entangle us and entangle our Christian walk. That we lay aside those things that would trip us up in in our relationship with Christ. You know, our independence. Another great symbol of our national independence. Do you have an idea what another great symbol of our national independence is? It's in New York City, New York Harbor, on Liberty Island. (laughs) Statue of Liberty. Okay, thank you very much. The Statue of Liberty is a colossal, neoclassical sculpture. I got that from the website. On Liberty Island, New York Harbor, designed by Frederick, his last name in his French is Bartholik, B-A-R-T-H-O-L-D-I, Barthol whatever. And he dedicated, was dedicated on October 28, 1886. The statue is a gift to the United States from the people of France. It is a robed female figure pre- representing Libertarius who bears a torch and a tablet evoking the law, upon which is inscribed what's on the tablets of the Statue of Liberty? How many have seen it? i many have been up in the crown? I've been in the crown before they closed it. <laughs> Anybody have an idea? How about that inscribed the date of American Declaration of Independence, July 4th. And at the feet of this statue is a broken chain. The statue has become an icon of freedom to the United States. When we look at the Statue of Liberty, what do we see? Do we see what it stands for? You imagine the millions of immigrants that whenever they saw that lady in New York Harbor what it meant to them they had finally arrived at freedom opportunity and new life When we look at the cross what do we see The empty cross is a risen savior We see the picture of God's love and his sacrifice for our freedom And I thought of it in another aspect. When God looks at us, what does he see? He sees his creation that he loves. He doesn't see the failures that we've made. He sees the possibilities of what we can become. Can we look through the eyes of God to look at our lives, to see ourselves as people of opportunity and people of potential? Arriving at a place that God created us to be? Does God know our past? Yes. When it is forgiven, it is never remembered. He chooses never to remember it against us again. He knows our future. God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And for us, we cannot push tomorrow's sand through today's hourglass. We must live today to its fullest, knowing that God will give us the opportunities and the strength for today and for tomorrow. God sees how his his word will change our lives. God sees how his word will change our lives. Our faith. Our faith will make a difference. You see, if you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. But whenever we are... Looking at the Word of God, we are, we are looking at how that God will make a difference in our life and how that our faith and God's love for us will change us from the inside out. As you look through the eyes of God at yourself, we look at the Scriptures and we look at the promises of God and how that God has prepared a place for us in this world that we are part of the body of Christ with a greater purpose than just taking care of us We have a greater purpose of serving the body of Christ that will make a difference in this life and in the life to come. We are of a greater, higher calling than just declaring our independence from sin. Just as our forefathers were of a higher calling than just finding independence for themselves and their immediate family, they found independence for us. And so, too, Christ has saved us from our sin and declared our independence from sin by his blood on the cross and his broken body shed on the cross. The message of Jesus is different than our culture and our world. He says to be willing to give when others take, to love when others hate, to help when others abuse, giving up our own rights in order to serve others. One day receive will one day receive everything that God has given to us. So Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. The canceling of sin, the defeating of evil. He became the mediator between God and man, and he ever lives to make intercession for us. So Jesus is praying for us. And what does he think he's praying? He's praying that we, he's praying his word into our lives. And what is his word? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That as I turn my life over to Christ, all things work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, God has plans and a purpose for our life. We know that the promises are there and they keep coming and they come with an expectation. They come with an expectation of faith that things can be changed in this life and in the life to come. Because God is at work in us And He, God working in us, can change us from the inside out. We become a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Where are my limitations? My limitations are in my faith. My limitations are in my belief. The prayer, the prayer of Jesus is that we might know him as the, as the prayer of Paul. I might know him and the power of his resurrection. We allow Jesus to forgive us. We allow his power to keep us. We can't be a Christian without his help. We allow his love to embrace us, making sure that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Independence. We are, we are free from... Britain's tyranny, but the cross of Jesus Christ, we are free from sin's tyranny over our lives, no longer held bondage. You see, grace and mercy and love lead us. Sin is addictive, bondage, whatever. We find that in Christ we are set free.